Welcome to Micah Bradford Connected, where we bring together hope and information to help support your life. Join us on this journey in connecting the dots and finding answers to your most challenging health issues. So, let's connect, where no topic is off limits. Common interests prevail, but opinions don't always align. This is Micah Bradford Connected. Welcome back to Connected with Micah Bradford. I am really glad that you guys stopped in again and choose to spend a little time with me today. So on our last podcast, we talked about what is an autism spectrum disorder. So the symptoms, signs, traits that I walked through with you were kind of the traditional laundry list of things to look for. What we didn't talk about is what is an autism spectrum disorder in the real world? In every day, living it as a parent, family member, teacher, therapist, educator, what does it look like? So this is the part where we apply all of those scenarios of the isms that can occur in varying degrees, in varying combinations for a child or individual with autism. And for me personally, I can tell you that there were things that I wasn't told went along with a diagnosis of autism. So let's get started. So first, different health issues or comorbidities that were gradually identified. So one of the things that we talked about is not letting a diagnosis define you. However, you do start to see that there are common traits or health issues that are common amongst individuals diagnosed with some form of autism spectrum disorder. So one of the things that we found was absolutely part of Jacob's autism spectrum disorder diagnosis was stomach problems, gastrointestinal issues. We had reflux. So If you're a family member or friend, I can tell you there are probably days where you've seen your loved one or mom or dad nights where you yourself have been awake for hours on end because your kiddo is screaming or crying inconsolably. For us, it was identifying at the age of two and a half that Jacob had reflux and esophagitis. We were fortunate enough to have doctors uh, across the country that were starting to look at the overall just physical health and well-being of our kiddos, of this population. And through traveling and working with one of my previous employers and having the privilege to get to hear amazing doctors at a research and university level, it really opened my eyes to, you know, what are possible antecedents? What are possible catalysts? What are possible causes to Jacob waking up screaming bloody murder in the middle of the night where nothing could settle him down except maybe turning on Barney at 2 a.m. So for us, the real world and autism and a diagnosis could look like trying to go to bed at nine o'clock at night, finally going to sleep at 11, waking up at two to not go back to sleep until five, which then he had to be up by seven in order to get ready to go to preschool or to therapy. Now, as you can imagine, for a mom or dad and for siblings, 
do that, rinse and repeat a few times, and you're going to be fatigued and exhausted. Another attribute, sign, or symptom that isn't discussed much whenever you first get a diagnosis, allergies, environmental, whether you're looking at seasonal foods, all sorts of things that irritate, inflame, and cause issues, stuffiness, too much snot, mucus, congestion. I don't think I ever thought or realized that when we received an autism diagnosis, it would be the platform that would propel me into learning words like gluten and dairy and antigen and allergen and antibody. For us, Jacob presented with itchy dry skin, red patches, his face being flushed. So the food allergies and intolerances uh, were identified through traditional medical testing. We did skin scratch test. We did blood work, uh, testing for IgE and IgG antibodies. We did rotation diets. We also were tested for celiac disease. And in Jacob's situation, he tested positive. So for us, doing a gluten-free diet was not just looking at it from a benefit of possible intolerance. Uh, It was more for looking at the core issue of antibody production and it being an offending agent. So Jacob was gluten-free starting at two years old, two and a half. So allergies were something that when we received a diagnosis of autism, it didn't come with the paper saying, hey, by the way, you just got this great behavioral diagnosis. You're also going to have to now learn how to read every label under the sun with food products, translate them into layman's terms, and then define and determine what food products those items are in and not in. (laughs) So when you look at the diagnosis, mm, nobody tells you with a glaring sign that you may be spending hours in the car driving. So whether it's sensory issues, whether it's the movement, whether it's getting out of the house to calm your kiddo down, that was a common event as we would drive when he wasn't feeling well. Um, let's see, when you look at an autism diagnosis, you don't realize that haircuts will take on a whole new meaning. When you look at the sensory issues that many of our kiddos have, whether it's with texture, like wet, sticky items, or whether it is with the hypersensitivity of sound, You don't realize that every time you go to get a haircut, it could be the world event for not only patients, but achieving obstacles of making it through what should be a 10-minute haircut, making it through in 45 minutes to an hour because of having to take breaks for them to be calm or reinforce with a preferred food or a preferred drink. The other things they don't tell you, the poop. (laughs) Yes, the stomach issues, they're rampant in our population. So Jacob is 23 and he's had, I think about six upper and lower endoscopies. And every single one of them was medically validated, was prompted 
by the monitoring or identification of health issues. For him, he was diagnosed with esophagitis, which is uh, inflammation of the esophagus. He has increased eosinophils, which are cells that are associated with inflammatory allergic reactions. He was diagnosed with colitis, meaning inflammation of the colon. So when it came to stomach problems, we didn't get the memo originally that it wasn't uncommon to have bowel movements that had mucus like snot. (laughs) And it was predominant and it was acidic. It was definitely a parental experience and learning curve that was not expected to be something you dealt with ongoing. Thankfully, with the help of some great gastroenterologists and with our primary care doctor helping to support us in dietary changes, we were able to positively impact that aspect of his life. And when you look at stomach issues, we weren't told that that cute little poochy belly, maybe it's not because it's just cute and poochy. Maybe it's because they're backed up and constipated and that you need to be sure that you're giving proper amounts of fiber that are appropriate for whatever diet or allergen list he was trying to avoid to be able to know that you could give magnesium citrate, something non-invasive and supportive to help minimize the leaning over furniture and being upset and screaming because of constipation, bowel blockage, and pain. That wasn't on the list initially with the diagnosis. We also weren't told that events like 4th of July or parties where there were loud noises, that it would really end up being events that either defined what we wore, meaning headphones or earplugs, or that were minimized or eliminated altogether. Thankfully, in the beginning, Jake, we could go to see fireworks and he didn't freak out. It was pretty minimal. It really was as he got older that the different sounds and different pitches and different noises became a problem to the point that for the last two years he was in school, he wore headphones. And then now we have it set up where we've identified like some really cool earplugs that are called Vibes. And there's some other ones on the market as well, but that help with lowering the decibels of the sound that's heard. And so he has those and is able to use them for so many hours in different settings per day. So the sounds were something that altered what we did and where we went. We've got so many things. You talk about the changes in the foods you can eat and the whether or not you get to sleep at night and basic things of relieving their pain that you can do with addressing the gastrointestinal issues. And then the itchy, watery eyes and the stuffy, snotty noses. Our kids on the spectrum also have issues, obviously, with food selectivity. Not just what they're allergic to, but what they'll eat. If I would have known that I would spend three to six months using a behavior plan and token economy to help my son eat broccoli, I would have probably reconsidered on the broccoli. 
actually a lot of vegetables took that much time and work. But I'm happy to say now that with the sensory issues that he has and whether it be with the allergen issues, he happily eats broccoli um, as his favorite veggie of choice. Some of the other things that go along with an autism diagnosis are light sensitivity. It's not uncommon for the kiddos or individuals to squint quite a bit when they're looking at items and objects. Uh, Bright lights can be upsetting. Many of the schools and therapy clinics and facilities will actually put up little covers to either change the uh, spectrum of color that's filtered through the covers so that it is easier on the eyes and not as bright. Some facilities have even gone to the point of removing the fluorescent lights and putting LED lights in their place to try and help with minimizing the visual impact that it has. Since being sensitive to fragrances and going through the mall or uh, restaurants, areas that I would have never thought when we received an autism diagnosis would make a difference or a hill of beans. And obviously years into it, realized that was furthest from the truth. So going into a mall or a scenario, we learned how to navigate through and bypass the fragrance sections of the stores so that it wasn't something to where it caused him to start getting upset or sneezing. There's a lot of things that change when you receive the diagnosis of an autism spectrum disorder. The manual you first get talks about the character traits, the the attributes that you see that will likely be affected, but it doesn't prepare you for every area of your life that those deficiencies or nuances affect. For family members, loved ones, friends, employers, it's so important that if you have someone in your life that has a child or a loved one with autism, it's so important to be able to have that perspective, to know what it looks like. It's almost like we've been desensitized now because the numbers have continued to increase that the word autism is so like every day. It's almost like the impact of what that diagnosis means to a person and a family has been lost almost to the point where our communities are desensitized. For those of us who live it, you know when you hear the word that it makes every hair sometimes on your back and neck stand up because you know of the possible traumas and struggles that that family is going through. So for you, those of you who are listening, who don't have a child, thank you. Because you can be the difference that makes a change in how we perceive and support these families. Which honestly, it is different. I mean, I I have friends with chronic health issues, and we all need to be able to support our family, friends, and loved ones. But autism is that diagnosis that can affect not only health and, and well-being and physical attributes and where you can go and what you can do, as well as the future of everyone in the family. 
you aren't told when you get the diagnosis of what it looks like at 10, 15, 18, 21, 30. The diagnosis in the real world and real life is so much more than just hearing there's communication difficulties. It's so much more than hearing there's social deficiencies. The diagnosis means that there may be times where no matter what you do, you show up to the family gathering 45 minutes late because you just couldn't find the right pair of shoes for Jacob to wear. Or it means that you're going to the grocery store four times in one week because you're so overwhelmed with just keeping it together that you missed that you were out of your allergen-free cookies <laughs> that you needed for a snack for preschool tomorrow. And you're foggy because you've stayed up late trying to console your child because of night tears or reflux. Those are the things they don't tell you. And those are the things that your family, that the community, that people need to know. Autism is so much more than just a diagnosis of symptoms and signs. It's so much more than just a label. It is a life-altering event that you can work through. You can find hope. You can overcome obstacles. But you have to know what it looks like in the real world. You have to know what the translation is of lack of communication means that Jacob may be throwing toys or food because it's not what he wanted. It may mean that you're revisiting your behavior support plan with your behavior analyst multiple times in a six-week period because you just aren't seeing the outcome or results that you're looking for. It can mean a number of things. But hopefully, what you'll get from this and from the resources that we begin to provide and include on our website is you'll know that what also comes along with an autism diagnosis and what an autism spectrum disorder means and is defined by is it comes with a community of people that want to help you hold on to hope, that it comes with innovative researchers who will be bringing on for interviews and multiple podcasts. It means hearing from families that have overcome and have found solutions to help their family not only survive, but thrive. An autism diagnosis comes with cherishing at an, another level the relationships and the people that stand by you. It comes with being driven and passionate to make a difference, not only for your child, for your husband, for your wife, for the siblings, but for a community of people that are standing by you. So if you've recently received an autism diagnosis and you're struggling with many of the scenarios that I've just given, you're not alone. And if you've just heard of what autism is or you're a relative or someone in the community or an employer, maybe some of these real world examples will give you perspective to know what the struggles are. The struggle is real. The very things that we as parents and professionals and family members can often take for granted that are easy, that should be natural, 
Nobody thinks about getting up in the morning and getting ready for work and making a cup of coffee and heading out the door. But when you have to appropriate an hour and a half extra to be able to walk through that same scenario with your child with autism or any other behavioral health or IDD diagnosis, it radically changes the way you start your day. So with that, hopefully those examples of what an autism spectrum disorder can look like, what a diagnosis means, will provide just a little glimpse of how the smallest events, routines, tasks, or things that we do each day can be huge accomplishments, huge feats for a family that's actively living and walking through this. So I hope that you will continue to tune in I know you have a lot of choices, and I hope that the information that you get from us here at Connected with Micah Bradford will inspire you and give perspective on many more topics, not just autism. So I hope that you will stop in, visit our website, drop us a line, let us know what's going on with you, give us some feedback. Hopefully, you'll feel encouraged and motivated when you hear our podcast to help you get through whatever circumstance you're dealing with, it may not be the same. It may not be a health issue. It may not be autism. It may not be uh, work related, but hopefully the encouragement and enthusiasm of knowing that there is always hope will help in just turning part of your day around. So when you visit our website, take a moment Sign up for our newsletter, where we'll continue to provide updates and information on new podcasts and special guest interviews that we have planned, along with much, much more. So until next time, thank you for spending time with me and connected with Micah Bradford. 